Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Oh, 
when our backs when our backs were against the wall oh and it looked as if it was over you made our way and we're standing here and we're standing here only because you made a, you made a way you who made Away. When our backs were against the wall, when our backs were against the wall, yes, and it looked as if it was over, you made our way. Oh, and we stand in here only because you made you move mountains. Come on, yes. You cause the walls to fall with your power, with your power. Perform miracles, perform miracles. There is nothing, there is nothing. Oh, that's impossible. Oh, and we stand in here only because you move mountains. Yes, you move mountains. Yes, he does. You cause the walls to fall oh, with your power. Lord, you perform miracles, perform me. There is nothing, there is nothing. We know that's impossible. That's impossible. Oh, and we stand in here only because you and we standing here and we stand in here only because you made you move the mountains yes he does you cause the walls to fall with your power perform miracles perform me yes he does there is nothing that's impossible, and we stand in here only because you made. And we're standing here, and we stand in here only because you. We stand in here, and we stand in here only because you made you you made. Oh, you made a way, sing it again. You made a way, you made a Think about the way he made for you. You made a way, Lord. You made out. When everything seems to fall apart, you made a way, you made out. When it all seemed dark, you made a way, Lord. You when there were tears falling all around, you made a way. You made We look to you, you made a way, Lord. You made When our backs were against the wall, when our backs were against the wall, yes. And it looked and said it was over. You And we stand in here only because you. And we stand here and we stand in here 
Only because you we standing here and we standing here. Only because you and we standing here and we standing here. Only because you made a way. Yes, he made a way. He keeps making a way. When our backs are against the wall, when you've put in several applications and, and you're not receiving any response from any employer, he makes a way. Yes, he does. He makes a way. In times like that, if only we'll be patient and wait on him. Oh, he's making a way. Making a way. That is prosperous. He's making a way. That puts you in his perfect will. He's making a way. That sets you on the path. Oh, yes, we have believed and we believe that he's a, he's a lamp onto our feet and a light onto our path. As long as we hold on to that faith, he will keep making a way for us. Father, we thank you. We give you glory this evening. We worship your majesty, Lord. Once again, we are before you, Lord. Speak words of encouragement. Speak words of chastisements to us, Lord. Admonish us, Lord Almighty. Yes, straighten our path, Lord Almighty. Where we have wronged the Lord Almighty. Help us, correct us, rebuke us, Lord. By your word, Lord Almighty. Set our path straight. By your word, Lord Almighty. Provide us with the guidance we need for our life. By your word, Lord Almighty. Help us. Help us. For it is you we depend on, Lord. We pray that may tonight be a continuation of the amazing work you have begun in us, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and adoration. And are you ready for feeding 527? Oh, come on, somebody. Are you ready for feeding 527? Put your hands together. Let's invite Reverend Gilbert Asamoa. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace upon our lives for always drawing us near, for not rejecting us and not visiting upon us what our doings and our undoings call for. Thank you for favoring us to come near your throne through the blood. Thank you that we have the confidence that you are actually happy to see us and that you have brought us near to your anointing through Jesus Christ, the anointed one. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank the Lord. So, as a reminder, feeding 527 season, every service we are using the book. Hallelujah. How you can preach salvation. We are just studying different aspects from the same subject matter. So, weekdays also bring the book. Hallelujah. Powerful. If you will recall, the last few weekday services, we've been studying steps to the anointing. Is that not so? Uh, but now that we are in feeding 5 to 7 uh, season, we are studying the book. But I decided to find a session of the book that also talks about the anointing. What do you think? All right, all right. So you see there's a continuum. Hallelujah. It's a very big book. It's not likely we are going to finish in these five weeks. So I have the liberty of picking anywhere and preaching from him. What do you think? So we are going to study from the session 11. You see, the book is divided into various sections. And the session 11 is salvation and the anointing. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Salvation and the anointing. That's the session we are going to tackle. And Bishop calls it the salvation message 77. Each, each chapter is a salvation message. And one of the things that we often do not emphasize enough is the fact that the ministry of Christ Jesus has not ended. Amen. The Bible says God is not the God of the dead. You know, when Jesus was referring to the fact that the resurrection is real, and we say God of, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, and he's not God of the dead. Hallelujah. And so also Jesus Christ died and rose again. And the church is actually his body. It's the offshooting off of him. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of Christ. In fact, he made a, a very important statement that if he doesn't die and doesn't ascend, the Holy Spirit cannot come. Amen. Amen. So, the Holy Spirit, if you like, is like, is like the Spirit of Christ that was poured upon the disciples. So that Christ had to literally ascend to heaven. Are you there? In fact, in the Old Testament, you know, in the, in the, in the metaphor that was used by the psalmist, that the anointing was poured on the high priest. Is that not so? And then the anointing was poured on the high priest and from the head. And it dripples down onto the rest of the body. So Christ Jesus essentially appeared before the Father and received the Holy Spirit like the anointing. And then when the anointing dripped down on him, that is what happened at Pentecost. Hallelujah. And so I'm saying this to say that every time we come to church and you hear a preaching, it's actually not the man or woman of God preaching. Amen. It is the spirit of Christ in them. Christ essentially by dying and, and resurrecting and ascending to heaven, he multiplied himself through the Holy Spirit. That is the whole thing that First Peter, uh, First Corinthians 2 says that if the princes of this world knew the mystery, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory because they thought that they were silencing him. They thought they were doing away with him, but now he has become more. Amen. So, so then in this, in this chapter, the, the, the primary foundational scripture that we are going to uh, study, if you have your book, is page 406. The chapter title is Jesus is anointed for you. Amen. Jesus is anointed for you. You see, often when we sp speak of salvation, when we speak of salvation, we are often, especially in, in this era of evangelism, we are often going to preach salvation to others. That's the title of the book anyway. How you can preach salvation. Hallelujah. But you will not be able to preach salvation powerfully unless, unless you yourself have received salvation and you understand what a salvation is for you. Amen. And the subject person of the salvation is Jesus Christ. And the Christ in his name is not a last name. Joseph was not called Joseph Christ. Hallelujah. The Christ, the Mashiach, is the anointed one. And so, the chapter is, the subtitle is, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. But the chapter is entitled, Jesus is anointed for you. And if you understand that what the anointing is for, 
then you come you come to embrace the idea that your salvation is actually a total package that addresses your whole person. Amen. We found out in First Corinthians, uh, first I believe First Thessalonians five twenty three, how he said that um, he prays that they will be sanctified holy. Amen. Can you maybe project that? That you'll be sanctified holy, like, like to be set apart, to be set apart holy. And when you say, uh, I mean, I want the whole something. Do we have it there? Okay. Do you have, anybody can get it for First Thessalonians 5.23. In that scripture, yeah, it says, the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Hallelujah. And then there is a semicolon there, which is, which is to say explaining what the whole sanctification means. And it says that I pray that your that God, I, and, I, and I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's your salvation right there. Your salvation is defined in terms of your entire sanctification and being set apart for God. And your whole person, just as God himself is a trinity, do you get it? So also a human being that he created, he created that in his image, so we are also a type of trinity. We, you, you are one person, but you, are, you, have, you have these three parts. And so you need to now see salvation in, in a broader sense, not just you are saved, you're one day going to go to heaven. But when we say Jesus is anointed for you, he's anointed for your salvation of your soul, of your spirit, and of your body. So God is interested in your secular everyday affairs. Amen. As much as he is interested in your dying to go to heaven one day. And so look at the, look at the order. He said that, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved. Spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. Unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is anointed for you. The scripture, the foundation scripture is Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Luke 4, 18. We are going to spend some time there because each of these um, segments under this topic speaks to an aspect of your salvation experience. Now, when you embrace your salvation experience as Jesus being anointed for you personally, then you will then understand and embrace and be able to have the confidence to actually desire the same blessing you have received for somebody else. If you have not understood what the salvation Jesus brought means for you, then when we, we talk of preaching salvation to others, you actually don't know what to say. Hallelujah. All right. So it says, the spirit of the Lord, maybe just to put it in the context, let's start from verse 16. Let's roll back to verse 16 and read down. And he came to Nazareth, that is, Jesus came to Nazareth, which is his hometown, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on a Sabbath day and stood up for to read. So it was customary of Jesus to be regular in church. It was his custom. It was not like one day, you know, he wakes up, okay, today I will go, this way I won't go. It was, it was something that it was like his custom to be in church always. Amen. Yeah. And so it says that he stood up to read, and it was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias. Can you switch it to the New King James? Esaias is the Greek version of Isaiah. 
Amen. So in Greek, they say Esaias. But it's the prophet Isaiah. So it was handed to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he had, he had opened, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So hold on. So um, you know how in some churches, like especially when I was in the Catholic church, every day of the year, you know, there is the, there is the prescribed test for the day. If you have a missa, which is a book of Catholic liturgy and scriptures, every day of the, on the calendar, there's a book, um, there's a, a scripture verse. So even if you don't know uh, what to read, you, you can go by that. Every day you know where to read. Hallelujah. I am not sure whether it is the same with the Jewish tradition. So, so the reason I'm saying that is that the scripture said he took the book of Isaiah and he opened it and found this place which we are about to read. What I don't know, but perhaps if you look at the context, it does not appear. Well, it could be both ways. Because you see, God designs things by his providence. Even if, if it was, if where he opened to read was on their liturgy, on their calendar, then I would say that Jesus chose to go there on that day for that reason. Because as you would soon find out, the scripture was not a random scripture that he just read. Hallelujah. He found a place, you know how when people are really distressed, you know, I don't know what that has happened to you before, but um, it has happened to me one day that you don't know what to say, you don't know how to pray, you don't know what to read in the Bible. I don't know what that, and then you, f you, you say, Lord, show me a, a, a scripture. <laughs> and you flip your Bible open, wherever it opens. Okay, me, in that case, I didn't do that. But I was just waiting on God, and I was, said, Lord, give me a verse. And then he gave me some scriptures. And amazingly, Sister Elizabeth, when I opened the scripture, it was exactly my situation. Amen. Amen. I think it was uh, Psalm 113. You know, Psalm 113 and Psalm 84. I'm getting It's either 84 or 113. But, but, but that scripture was saying that it is the one who raises the poor out of the, uh, how do you call it? Takes the poor and, uh, and establishes them. And those days, I was looking for a job desperately. And I had been <laughs> waiting and waiting. And Lord, when are you going to move? And the Lord used that scripture to encourage me that, look, it's not going to remain like this. Amen. And it was amazing that that is what came. So if I had opened the scripture, maybe it would have gone to that place. But in this case, Jesus goes into the, 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 the um, church in uh, synagogue in Nazareth. And the scripture said that he... He found, he, it was given to him, the book of Isaiah, and he found the place where it was written. Now, let's go to the next verse, which, by the way, is in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, and part of verse 2. Hallelujah. This that Jesus is reading in Luke 4, 18 is actually quoting from Isaiah because he's reading directly from Isaiah. Because keep in mind, in Jesus' day, the New Testament had not been written. Luke, who was Luke? Luke was a companion of Paul. Jesus had to die before we could hear of Luke, is that not so? So all the apostles, the Bible they were reading was the Old Testament. It was after they died, or during their time they wrote the New Testament, then after they died, then believers started reading. So when they said the scripture was fulfilled in the days of Jesus, in the days of the early apostles, it was actually the Old Testament. And Jesus took the book of Isaiah and he said, look, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And Isaiah was the first one to use this words. Now, Jesus is reading. Because he has anointed me, for what? To preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Let's add verse 19. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Let's add a few more verses. Then the scripture says, he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. So he read the scripture. His chair was like this. He closed the book. He sat down. And everybody was looking at him. And then look at what happened next. Verse 21. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. So this is not just a, a, a liturgy, a, a random scripture that is meant to be read every day. Look, even if it was meant to be read every day, today I have appeared. I am here in real terms fulfilling the scripture. It's no more, because uh, Isaiah was 700 years before Christ. Did you know that? You know, today I found out that there are some modern critics of the Bible, you know, like people who are scholars who review the scriptures and write commentary from a scholarly angle, not from a charismatic <laughs> uh, believer angle. Many of them may, you know, may not even be believers, but they are just academics. Some of them, they find Isaiah so intriguing as to say that they cannot believe. They say they cannot believe that Isaiah, they, 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 this is what they are saying. They, some critics are saying that Isaiah chapter 1 to 39 was written by Isaiah. And then chapter 40, to 66 was written by somebody else, probably after the restoration, after the return from Ezra. Because some of the things that Isaiah spoke about were so accurate that, you know, even Isaiah prophesied about Cyrus, right? Isaiah 44 and 45. Prophesied about Cyrus, how Cyrus was going to release the, the, the and you know, one person who the, the word anointed was used to describe was Cyrus, king of Persia. The one who was able to overcome the Babylonian Empire. And he was a pagan king, but God had prophesied through Isaiah that he was going to release the, the captives. Hallelujah. And that same Messiah, Messiah imagery is what is being presented in Isaiah 61. So some people find it too fantastic that no, it cannot be. How can how can uh, Cyrus, who, who is yet to be born, be named by Isaiah? But they don't understand. Like Jesus told some people who were trying to challenge whether there is a resurrection. He said, you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. That is what these academics, they know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. Hallelujah. But what am I saying is, I'm saying that Jesus is now quoting this scripture, quoting this from Isaiah. And it's now, it is one thing reading it like a Bible study, bring your own mind Bible study, where you bring your mind and I bring my mind, you preach and I preach. Do you get it? <laughs> Whereby everybody is sharing their mind. And then now, this one is not just a scripture we are reading for Bible study discussion. He said, I am the personification of what Isaiah spoke about 700 years ago. I have appeared in person. And when Isaiah said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good tidings to the poor, the destitute, the needy. What do the needy need? What, to, to good news to the poor or good news to the, to the, to the needy. The, the good news is like, is like their situation is going to change. Amen. Otherwise, it will not be good news. Amen. I mean, if somebody is poor and, and, and they are destitute, and then you come and tell them that, uh, you know, we are changing your location, we are now moving you to a concentration camp, that's not good news. Amen. 
Amen. For it to be good news, it must be news that is going to change the situation. And Christ Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Like God has anointed me for this purpose. To preach the good news, the glad tidings to the poor. You see, this description, and if you were to go back to the scripture narrative in Isaiah 61, if you were to look at the context, it is describing the whole human condition. Hallelujah. The human condition as we know it is similar to Hosea chapter 6. It's like it's a it's a it's a it's a cycle, it's a cycle of it's a cycle of neediness. Look, let's go down the list. Because you see, sometimes when we read the scripture, you may think it's about somebody else. But I would like to say, what's the, what's the, what's the topic we say we are preaching, by the way, before we go, of course? Jesus is anointed for you. So in as much as Jesus appeared on the, on the, on the, on, in the synagogue on that day and opened the, the uh, book of Isaiah and, and, and read it, and he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. You see, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today, when you hear his word, do know what? Harden your ears. So that Jesus who I introduced to you is the same one preaching to you. Because I am speaking only what I am hearing. And by the spirit of Christ in me, I am speaking. In fact, when you read Ephesians chapter 3 or so, Paul, who never met Jesus even if he saw Jesus, he was like a stranger to him. But he didn't, he wasn't tutored by Jesus. Did you know that? He was not one of the twelve. He, he was like a latecomer. But when Paul was writing to the Ephesians, he said, Christ has appeared to preach to you. One day I'll show you that scripture. And that is very intriguing. That how is it that Christ has appeared to preach to the Ephesians? Because Christ was in Paul in the preaching. Hallelujah. That is, that is how he, he has appeared. He has appeared in the word that Paul is preaching. And so by the same token, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What we are reading about that Jesus is telling the, the believers in, uh, in, uh, in, in Nazareth, that is the same thing he's telling you and I. Because Jesus is anointed for you. Put your hands together unto the Lord. And so let's go back to verse 18. So, so far we are just commenting on the scripture. We have not even... Uh, gone to the, 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 the list that's been given to us. Because the scriptures must come alive. Hallelujah. Amen. The whole Christian experience is about how the word of God must become flesh in us. The word becoming flesh in Mary, okay, is also supposed to re be repeated in our experience. That the word of God that we read must now become embodied in our experience. And in order for it to become embodied in our experience, if there was a resurrection and a glory from a resurrection, there was something that preceded the resurrection. There was a dying. Is that not so? If there was an acceptance of Christ after the resurrection, there was a rejection of Christ before the resurrection. The rejection is what led to the cross. And as followers of Christ, you see, we read the Bible. Do we not? But we must come to a place where the scripture begins to read us. That our lives become what the scripture is reading. Not just we are reading the Bible and going through the motions of reading verses. We must come to a place where we subject our lives to be like a book that the scripture is reading. Hallelujah. One day Bishop Saki said he and his friend, they went to London. 
And um, a long time ago, and as they were in London, um, one day they were walking through the streets of London. They heard a lot of commotion and noise at a place where it appeared somebody was doing something that has attracted a crowd. I don't know exactly. Maybe, like, uh, if it was in Ghana, I would say it was one of these one of those monkeys that dance and people used to sell their medicine. You know, the <laughs> one medicine that can solve every problem. You know. But uh, I forgot exactly what it was in London that was attracting the crowd. So, you know how, you know, um, we are. When there's a crowd, when there's something, we all want to go and see what's happening. So he said he and his friend went there and there was a crowd. So they were trying to, you know, stretch their neck to see what is happening. And then the man at the center, the man at the center of action, the one who was the, the, the moderator, out of the blue, he saw Bishop Saka and his friend. He said, I know you. I know you. You two, you came to London to study law. I don't know whether they came to London to study law, but the man, a white man doing his own thing, he said, I know you. Then all of a sudden, everybody's attention draws to them. Then he begins to look at, what have we done? He said, you came to London to study law, but the law has ended up studying you. (laughs) (laughs) Once somebody says the law has ended up studying you, it's like you have become a criminal of some sort. You have become you are you have become a subject of what they quote in, in the law books. So so and so versus so and so. He said he said that he's told his friend, let us go. Because the guy has now drawn attention to us and not in a good way. Amen. What I'm saying is that now we go to the scripture to read the scripture. Okay? But we have to come to a place where the scripture must read us. And this scripture is beginning to read us. How is it reading us? We must flesh out the word of God in our lives. As we go through this, now we talk about how to preach salvation. But first, let us experience the salvation. And how are you going to experience the salvation? You have to experience it by the Christ who is anointed for you. So he is the spirit of the Lord upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the desert, to the needy. This is a summary of the human condition. Everybody will come under one of these groups of people. That is why Jesus Christ came. When Christ, when you introduce someone that made Jesus your Lord and your Savior, okay, what you are telling the person is that Jesus Christ is anointed for you. He's going to save your spirit, your soul, and your body. And all these things are what? Fair game. He is going to attack one of these things. Maybe you are not among the poor, the needy, and the destitute. Maybe you are in America. Maybe you are doing so well. But maybe if you are not to hear the preaching of the good news to the poor, he has sent me, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That everybody will pass through a broken heart at some point. Amen. The broken, so the moment we say broken heart, everybody is thinking of somebody's uh, beloved left them. Look, that's not the only thing that causes broken hearts. There is the, 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 the whole life is, is filled with cycles of repeated cycles of disillusionment, disappointment, and what you expected uh, uh, something to be and it wasn't. Look, when I was studying in Texas, a friend of mine, one day I got a phone call and she was crying. And I said, why are you crying? She couldn't talk. The crying was so much that what she was saying, I was not hearing. 
and we were in different student hostels. Do you get it? So, um, uh, she, she said, uh, uh, maybe I need to talk to you in person. And the state in which she was, it was better that I go to her. Do you get it? So I walked over to her, and she showed me a picture of somebody that she has been talking to over the phone, Brother Eugene. Somebody, I hope she's not listening to my podcast. <laughs> but if she listens, she will know it is her I'm talking about. But since I'm not giving any names, you know. <laughs> but how else can we explain the scripture? We have to use real life examples. Yeah. So she's looking at the picture. She said, look, look, give back to look. I said, what's wrong with this picture? She said, this is the guy I've been speaking to for some time. And the guy is supposed to be coming to the school that we were both attending. Do you get it? And as they were talking, she had developed a liking for the guy. She has kind of fallen for the guy. And so, and so the guy had sent him, uh, sent her his picture. Do you get it? Uh, and, 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 and the picture that she saw, when she saw the picture, that is what is causing the tears. And I said, what's wrong with this picture? He said, I thought he was going to be more handsome than this. I said, oh, this is what you are crying about. She has been, she has been what? Broken hearted. That the person that she, and you know there are some guys eh? There are some guys say, uh, their voice. I mean, I know one guy in New York, when he talks to you, in fact, there was a lot of problems, like people who had relationships and friends, uh, uh, I mean, married, uh, like when you talk to him, you get attracted to him, their voice alone. It's a gift. <laughs> it's a gift to the God. So, but, but quite, Brother Eugene, I looked at the picture. The picture, the guy was not bad at all. Sister Sophia. It was not like, you know, there are some people, eh? Uh, they really need special help, hey. special <laughs> grace. Hey. Amen. But even this one, uh, even this one, uh, with guys, with guys, it's not very too necessary. It's more, it's women that it becomes a big issue. Yeah. A, but even for a guy, even for a guy, the picture star Elizabeth, it was not bad at all. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, Denzel Washington, whatever, but he wasn't like, you know, so terrible, like the way she was crying. But caveman, he was, he was, he was, <laughs> he wasn't like that. But I think her expectation of the way the voice, like when you know how in Revelation chapter one the scripture says that the voice of Jesus is like the sound of music. Do you get it? This brother probably had a voice like a sound of music, like modulating like this. So he, she thought that the, the guy would look like that. But I said, I, said, I said, number one, my sister, this guy is not bad. And then number two, this is only a picture. Because you see, the reality is that when you meet someone in person, when you meet someone in person and you relate to them, the beauty of the person, the personality, it, it, it goes also with the way the person looks. And at that point, you don't even remember and notice that. But this sister was crying Ma, 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 over the phone. And I had to move from, uh, like, from here to, like, where her store was, was probably Cleveland Avenue. And I had to walk, and I had to calm her down and say, look, this is not a bad situation. Because the Spirit of the Lord had anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. Put your hands together for Jesus. Look, 
you may laugh at this person, but have you not seen the paper towel commercial? The Broly and the, what's the other one? The Bounty. And the, there's a third one. That they are doing the commercial, and then one of them, they stretch it like this, and they put water on it. And then the thing goes right through. And then another one, they put water on I don't know how they do it. It doesn't go through it. The thing is able to hold the water. Because we are all made of different fabrics. The, our coping mechanism and our ability to bear is different. So Christ Jesus who created us has brought an anointing that what is causing a broken heart in someone which you may laugh at, look, God is the one who created the person and loves the person. So would have room in his heart for everyone and it is included in your salvation. Put your hands together unto Jesus. And then he also came to proclaim liberty to the captives. Hallelujah. Liberty to the, the things that can capture people are many. Amen. Liberty to the captives. You can be captured by what? Captives of our own mind. Our minds. The way, because there's a scripture that said, as a man thinketh, so is he. So that you can, you can have a mind that locks you down into a situation. That makes you think, this is the way I am. Hallelujah. And sometimes somebody needs to show you a light and say, no, this is not true about you. Hallelujah. I have a friend. I have a friend. He's a very... Somebody, if I mention his name, you know. So I don't want to mention. <laughs> that person, one of, one of his problems was that he always felt that he hasn't said something right. And whenever I was with him, and we are walking, and we meet someone, and he tries a conversation, and he says something, he was always second-guessing. After the person leaves, then he begins to tell me, do you think I said the right thing? Do you think, and he always wanted to go back and correct something. I said, look, I was with you. You didn't say anything bad. But this guy was such a perfectionist that he was always trying to go back and fix things. And you need someone to reassure you. And to tell you that you have become a captive to your own imagination of what the situation is. What you are describing is not real. It's your imagination. And what you imagine something long enough, it begins to become real. And part of the anointing is to clear the air and to let you see things. And some of the captivity is in our mind, like she said. I was watching a movie, The Apocalypse. It's a nice movie. It's a book, movie about the, the um, revelation the end of days. And there was one guy who was interested in a Christian girl. But he himself was not a believer. He is actually a Roman. And back in those days, the Romans, most of them were not believers. But because he was interested in the Christian girl, he pretended to be a, a Roman. Do you get it? And decided to mix with the believers. And that was the time that Apostle John, remember this historical fiction, Apostle John was, had been cast to the island of Patmos. And so this, this lady that he was interested in used to tell him that John is alive. Meanwhile, the Roman um, governor and Roman officials thought that John had died. So John was in the island of Patmos writing letters. You know, the book of Revelation, he didn't write it all in one. Hour. He would write, a vision will come, he would write, and he would send it. So gradually it was put together as one book. So this guy decided to go to see whether John is real, okay? And also, as a way of showing that he's associating with the believer because of the girl he was interested in. But when he went there, he got into a fight, 
at that Patmos place, and he was thrown into, into jail, into prison. They had their own prison there on the uh, island. And then one day, John the Apostle was walking around, because at his age, I think they had allowed him to wander around freely. He went to the guy in the cage, and the guy talked to John about, how is it that you are the apostle of Christ, that you are his last living apostle, and now he has left you in this state? I mean, when is he going to free you? And then, and then um, John told him that I am free within me. You are the one who are captive. Because you think you are free. He said that even if they free you from this cage, there is something that has bound you. That because John could see through the guy that he was not a genuine believer. And he was trying to lead him to Christ. And so John told him that what you need really is true deliverance and freedom from the thing that has bound you. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is anointed for you. Put your hands together unto the Lord. By the grace of God, we will continue next Tuesday. Let us stand to our feet. Commit yourself to the Lord as we get ready to bring him an offering. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah to the King of glory. Thank you, most high God. You have been our help. You have been our help. Father, we bring before you our offerings, our gifts, our hearts, we dedicate ourselves to you, Lord, that you shall reign in us. And for also the gifts, the offerings we bring to you, let it be blessed, let it prosper, let it bring glory to your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.